modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Cover Mode with me, Rashan Isaacs. White is perhaps the second most associated color with Islam. The color white symbolizes purity and peace. And so it is often worn by Muslims attending Friday prayers and also worn when performing our sacred rites of pilgrimage. The Umayyads chose whites for their battle standards when they fought the Abbasid during the Khalifat period and it has appeared on many Islamic flags since. Today on Cover Mode we address white for its representation of cleansing, white as a color worn and white as a form of purity. Feel free to call in at any time to pose a question or add to the conversation on 021-442-3530 or SMS us on 47913. To discuss the color white and its representation of cleansing, I wish to welcome a lady who has accomplished so much, an electrical engineer, Karatika Second Dan Belt, not, not just any belt, Second Dan Black Belt, so be careful. Uh, I'm going to be careful in the studio today. <laughs> Co-author of Wake Up, Live the Life You Love, a runner, triathlon participant, and a hajjah. I'm also honored to call her a friend, Rahima Kenny. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran Jashan for having me on your program. It's an honor to be here. Afwan, I'm so delighted to have you share your story here on Cover Mode. I have a million questions, but I probably only get through a very few of them. <laughs> Rahima, you've achieved so much. What would you then consider the biggest highlight of your life thus far? Okay, that's uh, quite a difficult question for me because I don't have a single event that is the highlight of my life. Um, I have a few that really comes to mind. Uh, spiritually, I'd like to say that, um, uh, no, not I'd like to, I would definitely say that performing Hajj in 2012 with um, my father and my sister, that was spiritually the highlight of my life. Um, it was a really great experience, alhamdulillah. Then also getting to the sporting arena, I'd say getting my black belt and being chosen to represent South Africa at world championship level was my highlight of my karate career. Then something else that also comes to mind is I remember when I did uh, the firewalk, which was where you walk over 300 degree hot coals. Um, that really redefines really the limits of what's possible in, in, in your head. And that was something that, that really changed my outlook on life a lot. And that was about a year and a half ago so that wa- I did and that. And you walk across the entire you, distance. You walk across um, 300 degree coals bare feet. Sure. <laughs> what does your feet look like after that? It actually, um, well, I didn't burn, luckily, <laughs> but uh, the, there are pe- people who do burn, and it's got a lot to do with your belief system as well. Um, they say that if you believe you won't burn, then you won't, wow. but if you're afraid of it, then, then you will. So it's, it's quite a so big psychological level. Well, how did you prepare yourself for that? Well, Actually, it's a, it's like a ceremony, and you nobody forces you to do mm-hmm. it. You are. I should hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you can either just participate, you can watch, and and you know you can decide when you are ready, and you will know when you're ready to walk. Um, and then then you walk, and then once you do, do it the first time, I, I think I did it about six or seven times that oh, night. Wow. <laughs> you be 
people who did it 20 times. <laughs> that is an achievement in itself. <laughs> yeah, so, but they do have safety measures. They've got a bucket of water there <laughs> in case something happens to put your feet into. But it's, uh, I would recommend it to anyone. It's, it's, it's really good. Any, any other highlights there? Because you, you've got such an interesting <laughs> life. Um, the other one is definitely being chosen to be po- um, a co-author of Empowered, which is a book that is part of the Wake Up, Live the Life You Love series. Mm-hmm. And that um, uh, turned out to be an international bestseller. So to me, it is a real honor to be part of that book. So I believe, yes, it's number four on the Barnes & Noble overall sales rank and number one in the self-improvement category. And and you're the only person um, represented from Africa in that particular book. Yes, wow, that is great. amazing. So, as the co-author of Wake Up, Live the Life You Love, what was your inputs? Okay, uh, the 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 way the book is written, it's a compilation of short stories. So you have lots of co-authors. There was about. 40 odd of us in the book so um, you've got people like Dr. Wayne Dyer who recently passed away, um, Brian Tracy John Asser from The Secret um, Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul and then they've also got other unknown authors like mm-hmm. me for example to <laughs> be part of the book if your story qualifies to be in it um, and my sto- particular story is about an experience that I had uh, when I was doing karate and it's about being knocked down and getting back up Literally and figuratively as well. Um, and that is my, my theme when I speak to, to youth um, or for women. I like to speak to youth and women about empowerment, um, about just never giving up, even when you're down. Don't rob yourself of your own greatness and never give up on what's important to you. So that's in a nutshell <laughs> what the book the story is about. That's beautiful. And you've, you've also been on Hajj. In many cultures, white signifies purity, innocence, and light. During this week, millions of pilgrims in white are gathered in Makkah. What does the color white represent to you? Okay, to me, um, in terms of okay, the ikram that we put on is white and Putting on the ikram when I was on Hajj was a really deep experience for me because um, to me, it, okay, not just to me, but it literally is like putting on your own kafan. And mm-hmm. I was conscious of that all the time. Um, when you do your huzul for ikram, you are washing yourself as if you, as if the other people are going to wash you. And when you put on that ikram, it is the clothes of death. Mm-hmm. The next time you're going to be dressed in a similar way is, you know, when you die and when they take you away. And in a very real sense, it is a death because after Hajj, after the day of Arafah, you are reborn. Allah promises us that. So um, when I made my niya for Ikram, like my heart was literally pounding because I thought of just the magnitude of this moment, what it actually means. Um, And yes, so... To me, that is a, it's a very deep sense of spiritual cleansing and, um, yeah, it's a rebirth. So just on, on what you just said now, Hajj is known to be a form of cleansing. What was your experience of this? The cleansing, um, well, Hajj in itself, it will always be, I think it will always be a physically difficult experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, when when I went, I'm a sports person, my sister's a sports person as well, and people told us, you know, the 
the SAE and the DAF is probably so easy for you. And I must say that it was not easy. Um, the the Umrah itself, which is the, the short version, and the Hajj, the days of Hajj, it is taxing. And I wouldn't actually have it any other way because that adds to the magnitude mm-hmm. of it. When mm-hmm. you are finished with it, you really feel that, you know, you you deserve what what the reward is that Allah promises you. It, it wasn't the easy thing. Um, you work for it and you feel a sense of a real physical relief at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it is as if you were cleansed, even though you're probably the dirtiest that you've ever been <laughs> in your life physically <laughs> because of the three days of dirt that's sticking to you. Um, but you, it's an amazing just sense of lightness that you feel at the end of that. You must be remembering every single bit of that experience right now with the many of the pilgrims getting ready for gathering at Mina tomorrow. Yes. And um, uh, just a reminder to our listeners, you are listening to Cover Mode. You can call us on 021-442-3530 or SMS us on 47913. Rahima, you're also an ardent sports woman, as you mentioned before, the karate car second Dan Black Belt and also your the triathlon and, and um, running many marathons. Having completed all, in, competed in all these marathons and triathlons and having that second Dan Black Belt, what was your most thrilling moment? Okay, um, I've been consistently running for the past, I'd say, five years. Um, so in that time, I've, I've built up distances, uh, continued distances, 30 kilometers marathons. I've done one ultra marathon, two oceans um, this year. But by far my most thrilling moment was finishing my first triathlon last year and purely because when I committed to doing it and just for the listeners sake a triathlon involves um, a swim immediately after the swim you I'm going to stop you right there (laughs) we're going to cross for a break quickly because I know this is an interesting story (laughs) so do stay tuned after the break Rahim is going to tell us all about that triathlon and how she prepared for it Graceful, modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode. In studio with us, we have Rahima Kenny, an electrical engineer, karate kasik, and Dan Black Belt, co-author of Wake Up, Live the Life You Love. But what we're talking about now is her triathlon and how she's prepared for it. Rahima. Yes, Shukran Okay, yes, as I was saying, a triathlon is a swim, and then immediately after the swim, you cycle, and immediately after the cycle, you run. So it's three sports in one. And... The reason why uh, my most thrilling moment was finishing my first triathlon was when I committed to doing the triathlon um, along with my friend. I could not swim. And when I say I couldn't swim, I literally mean I could not swim. I couldn't swim across half the length of a pool. Okay, so I, I can't imagine <laughs> what how you managed to swim then. Yes, uh it might have been a little bit crazy for me to agree to it. Um, and um, I said I didn't really think about you know how hard it would be to you know learn to swim from scratch because also the triathlon is in open water it's in a dam a very very deep dam um and from not being able to swim about 12 meters to having to swim 500 meters in open water um within about six months that was quite a tall ask um but then i committed to it i i really went into it and trained 
three, four times a week swimming. Um, and uh, I must say, I did have many, many doubts along the way. I thought, what was I thinking to agree to this? This is so difficult. Um, even, you know, I thought being a runner, I've got the cardio fitness, so that would carry over. Um, it didn't at all. Um, so I thought, you know, I can't swim. What am I doing? <laughs> then uh, I just decided to, to push through. Um, because also what I always, um, like I mentioned earlier, what I always like to inspire people to do is to never give up. Mm. So if I had given up on this, <laughs> I felt that I could never again tell anybody to not give up on what's important to them. So I really had no choice. I, I just had to do it. Um, but even two days before the triathlon, when I had a bit of a practice swim in the actual dam, um, that mm-hmm. didn't go very well. I'm not going to go into the details. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, how am I going to swim 500 meters in two days' time? Um, but uh, my friend Jacques, he did it with me, and we did the triathlon together. Um, so on the day, um, you know, having somebody there to speak to at the start and to calm my nerves, but that helped a lot. So you said it down. really yeah. is mind over matter. It really is, yes. Because and you can do anything you set your mind to. <laughs> Because you've just proved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the difference, I must say, the difference between, um, I mean, swimming in the dam two days before and, and swimming on the day of the event was definitely mental. It was psychological because there was no physical difference between the two days and in terms of skill. Um, but on the one day, I could not do it. Um, and then the next uh, two days later, I did like two and a half times that distance. And how so much training would you say you'd need to do to, to participate in a triathlon? Well, you would have to train at at the very minimum about four or five days a week um, sure. consistently. At Sometimes the, you... The very minimum. <laughs> yes. I, I only train three days a week. <laughs> Five, no. <laughs> because if you just think about it, you have to train all three sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, some triathletes consider transition, which is the, the period between the two, to be a discipline as well. So it's like four disciplines. Um, and you really have to train all three of them. So if you, you know, if you've got, if you swim one day, run another day, cycle another day, that's already three days. And then you've only done one of the training session per week. So if you've got to fit in at least two or three, um, then you've got to train about five times a week. But the the key is consistency. Mm-hmm. It's not really how hard you train. It's just being consistent, even when you don't feel like it, because most people work and they've got to fit in the sessions between work. So you've got to either go, um, sometimes I'd go to the gym before work, um, have a swim session in the pool, work, after work you've got to run. Mm-hmm. So, and... Most of the time you don't feel like it. You are tired at the <laughs> end of the day's work, but you've got to tell yourself to do it and you've got to motivate That's yourself real to just keep going. Yes. So I'd say it, it's the consistency and the discipline, the self-discipline that it takes. Rahima, you have a very adventurous life. <laughs> Shukran for sharing pieces of your life with us. A true example of seizing every opportunity to fulfill your need for adventure. <laughs> and the reason we've interviewed you as our exemplary Muslimah here on Cover Mode. 
In the hadith narrated by Ibn Abbas who said, The Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon him, said, Wear your white clothes, for they are the best of your clothes, and shroud your dead in them. And this I think you mentioned earlier as well. This is reported by Abu Dawud and Al-Tirmidhi. White is also the preferred color for men's ihram. This is the special garment that men wear for Hajj, which consists of an izar, a lower garment, and a ridar, upper garment. Of course, women can wear any color, but mostly they also wear white. Next, we speak to the designer of human image, Aisha Ali, about the color white as a garment. Aisha Ali is the designer of human image, which re- she recently launched her spring collection. She's comfortably seated here in the studio with us. Assalamu alaikum, Aisha. Wa alaikum salam, Rishan. I must say I'm still in awe of Rahima. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Aisha, w- what's the inspiration behind your label, Human Image? Human image, um, I think for me, human image, the word human, it comes with a large amount of respect and gratitude for the human race. Um, and I always live with the fact and, and of that humans are actually the greatest resource. Um, mm-hmm. That is why we've, I've chosen the word human. Image, um, I was juggling around with that word, but then eventually I said, you know what, clothing is clothing and let's go with the word image. Um, I think there it was a lot about not only the the clothing itself, but more about how you actually feel. Um, and then we paired it and it became human image. And Aisha, the clothing that you commission or design is specifically selected by you because of the way it adapts or moves with the human body. How would you describe your clothing line? Um, I like to describe my line um, as elegant and edgy at the same time. Uh, I, I feel that it's made with the best natural fabrics because I believe that, nat- and, it, and it is a fact that natural fabrics connects with the body and therefore provides the highest level of, of comfort. And, and to me, um, if I want to call my, my product a luxury product, it has to be comfortable because mm-hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be luxurious. Um, it is modern in the sense that it's made to, to cover the female form, but definitely in the most stylish way possible. Um, and we at Human Image, that's myself and Christine, who is my right hand, um, we like to say that we, we are developing a synergy of runway and reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's yes. um, in a nutshell. What, what does I would, Christine do? Uh, she's my, my seamstress <sighs> uh, and also my creative pattern maker mm-hmm. so whatever I think up she would make a reality for myself and um, describe the different, different types of materials that you use or select for your brand um, I initially when I started I think our biggest weakness was silk so we use a lot of different types of silks um, as time went silks became so increasingly expensive so we've we've played a little bit around with with um, semi synthetic um, natural fabrics like viscose and and linens and um, I think I think that's our big thing it's a lot of natural fabrics like cottons and linens and we're always looking for something different so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be confined to something that is you know uh, uh, um, specific in terms of how it looks or how it feels I have an SMS that has come through and perhaps uh, uh, Rahima you want to address it um, the call the the, SM, the SMS comes from someone who's who who thinks that the triathlons are un-Islamic what would you say to this person what part of it I, I'm not sure what part of it would be considered as un-Islamic but you know you are a beautifully covered Muslimah and you've participated in in many 
you know, sporting events. What are you, what is your view on that? Okay, uh, yes, that is one aspect. It took me quite a while to think up, you know, something appropriate to wear during the triathlons because you do swim and then you cycle and then you run as well. Lots of people do it. Most triathletes do it in a tri suit. Um, that wouldn't be suitable for us because it's basically like a bather with yeah. half tights and, and it exposes everything. Um, I have adapted what I wear um, to to cover myself. So, um, for example, uh, just what I wear when I do a triathlon is I wear long tights. Um, and I wear a, it's called a rash vest. It it's covers up to your neck and mm-hmm. it's long sleeves and everything. Over that, I wear my tri suit. So over that, we wear the cycling shorts and the tri top. And then you would swim in a wetsuit. So the wetsuit goes over that. Um, you swim in the wetsuit, that covers everything. Once you take it off, um, you are covered again. Um, you just, well, I, I cycle and run with a buff. And that covers mm-hmm. my hair. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that would be suitable to cycle and run in. So it just takes a little bit of thought. Um, you might mm-hmm. not be able to do it the traditional way, but there are ways mm-hmm. to, um, to cover yourself and, and, and to still do triathlons mm-hmm. and runs and cycles and things. Shukran for answering that. And, and that brings me back to Aisha. Aisha, your brand and the clothing that you use, it adapts so well with the, 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 the body of a, um, the human body. And um, you've described the different types of materials used or selected for your brand. What would you say are the highlights of your career thus far? Uh, thus far, I think the recent one was moving into my own home, home studio. Um, it was it was something that I always wanted because I wanted to be able to um, be at home with my kids at the same time work. Um, and I think now that I've moved in and I've made it my own, it was one of the biggest highlights for me because I have everything under one roof and I just feel like I can let anybody come there uh-huh. and make them feel comfortable and at home. So, And on the topic of white as a color that we may choose to wear, what colors are best to wear under white? Because many of the white materials are transparent and sometimes our females, our women who buy the white, they don't realize this. They think, mm. oh, this is a thick piece of material. But you you can see through almost any white no. material. So what is is you know what should one be wearing under a white garment? Um, it really does depend. Like if it's a dress or something that you need to wear as it on its own, I would suggest a nude something nude to wear underneath so that mm-hmm. doesn't reflect the white. Um, but if you're wearing something that is let's say you're wearing a, a white linen top and you want to wear something under to layer or just to give. Uh, to close up the inside, but just to just show through the whatever you're wearing underneath, you could wear white on white as well. Um, uh, me, myself, I don't suggest any other colors underneath. If you want to, you know, mix up colors, white, I think, should either be nude mm-hmm. or white. Mm-hmm. And, and white is also synonymous with weddings and um, the wearing of ihram. Which white materials aren't transparent? Um, white. Uh, you know what? That that was quite a tricky question. Most of the white uh, fabrics, because of white in itself, mm-hmm. it reflects. Yeah. It's you. It's very difficult to find a white fabric that's not, unless it's like PVC. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, otherwise, because like the the more natural you go, the more transparent it becomes. Because natural fabrics are the way they are, and they're woven together, um, they they become more transparent. But 
I think if you want to look for a day-to-day fabric and the closest you're going to find to something that's not transparent and that's natural at the same time is going to be a, a cotton sateen, and that would be the heavy, heavyweight one as well. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of stitch in it, so if you want to wear it for comfort, that would be it. It's, it's, uh, we normally use that to make our pants mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, when you're wearing a pants, you don't want it to be see-through at any no. point. Um, and I, and I, I find that you know as time goes by, qualities are are just getting more and more challenging to find good qualities and some of the, f- the pants are still a little bit see-through mm-hmm. but but we try our best to to kind of work around it so you, when you come to our studio you're always going to have something that's going to help you when it comes to this is see-through what am i going to do we'd always have a plan b and say look go with this or go with that mm-hmm. and sometimes we, we we really i mean even when we do our fabric selection we we would always look at that factor um before we even put it into production white is also a color that stains easily Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no way around it. Are there are there ways that you can get stains off white, or is it done for? You know, um, I must be honest. I think whenever we have a, a stain that we we freak out about, I just I send it to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> we are those home Love remedies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need I need this to be removed, and she finds a way, and she, you know, and I've I've kind of uh, taken some of the advice that she's given in terms of, you know, when you have a stain, take some of she always she always suggests sunlight soap. I was just about to say <laughs> always I've used always used sunlight soap for almost anything if there's a stain, and it works it amazingly. It really works amazing. So what you can do is she normally says to me, take some sunlight soap and put it in the sun, so the sun kind of draws the the stain, and obviously depending on the type of fabric, if, if it be a silk or whatever, the first thing you you need to do is maybe just put powder on it so it, it draws the stain out. That does work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then hope for the best from the I know ink, <laughs> ink doesn't work best. with white. <laughs> it will just spread and you'll have like a light black faded oh, white gosh. top yeah you, you can have to make some more ink spots just <laughs> yeah, to make it yeah. a bit creative you know for the advice you've given us Aisha we will all be sure to check which materials we buy when deciding to wear white and stay away from ink <laughs> get your sunlight soap <laughs> our topic today is the color white and it being symbolic of cleansing purity and Aisha has helped us understand the wearing of white moving on to white as a form of purity Dr. Leila Sadin will share some light on how we purify our body. You're listening to Cover Mode with me, Rashan Isaacs. Graceful, modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode. Living by the belief that everything we do is divinely inspired, Dr. Layla's calling to become a doctor and a healer is simply an extension of that. I wish to welcome Dr. Layla Sadin, an advocate for health, wellness and beauty and the founder and director of Renaissance Health. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Layla. Layla, on addressing white as a form of purification, what would you consider to be the number one lesson when you need to purify yourself inside and out? Well, I think we are exposed to about, they say, two million toxins every day. And our bodies can only excrete about half of that. So when you are not regularly detoxing, it's important to note the the toxins that you are actually taking into your body each day and knowing that most of it is actually through our food. So if we can eat cleanly, we can limit the amount of toxins each day. 
And what kinds of toxins would that be? What what makes up a toxin? So a toxin is a molecule that once absorbed into the body can over time cause disease. Um, when it comes to food, those can be very simple things. They can be things like dairy or gluten if we're allergic to them. Um, and then, of course, preservatives and uh, processed foods, McDonald's, for example. <laughs> we all know that example well. Um, but we must be aware that no matter how cleanly we eat, there are always toxins in the things that we are eating every day. And too often we address the external area when there are problems with the skin, mm. when in actual fact we should be addressing the effects of what we eat as well. Mm. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, we have an integrative aesthetic practice. And so when patients present with skin problems, they all get uh, a recommendation on how to eat as well as what supplements to take. Um, patients with acne, we will try and limit the number of toxins they take in. We'll cut out things like gluten, dairy, and sugar. Um, patients with pigmentation all get antioxidants um, and just simply anti-aging get multivitamins and omegas. So it is absolutely vital that you take care of the inside as well. And what are the consequences if we're not addressing these issues, if we're not purifying ourselves? Yeah, the, you see toxins when we absorb them, they can be uh, stored in almost every organ system in the body. And so that means when we become toxic, it can affect almost every organ and cause almost every kind of disease. In the short term, things like fatigue, uh, muscle ache and headaches can be symptoms of toxicity. But in the long term, diseases like diabetes, ADHD, um, Alzheimer's even, basically any chronic disease can be treated by detoxing the system. Mm -hmm. Just a reminder to our listeners, you are listening to Cover Mode. You can call us on 021-442-3530 or SMS on 47913. And I do see a few SMSs coming through, and I know that some of our guests today will be touching on a few of those um, when we round up later today. So do stay tuned because we will be answering a few of those questions for you. I'm speaking to Leila, Dr. Leila Sadin. I said I won't call her Leila. <laughs> Dr. Leila. <laughs> Dr. Leila, which are the key vitamins our body and skin need and what do they do for the body? Because you always told you must get this vitamin and that vitamin. But, you know, you can also have too much vitamins and you can't take, you shouldn't be taking in too much if I'm correct as well. Absolutely. Um, asking what the key vitamins are is, is difficult because our bodies need equally all vitamins. Um, what key ones need to be supplemented is a different question because there's certainly specific vitamins that we don't get enough of. Mm. As far as functions go, so you get vitamin uh, A, B, C, D, E, and K. Um, very quickly, Roshan, I'm sure you don't have all the time in the world, but vitamin <laughs> A is very important for eyes and reproduction. Uh -huh. Vitamin B, there are many of them, and they're probably one of the biggest ones, is hair, skin, nails, energy, um, uh, gut function, almost everything. Mm -hmm. Vitamin C we know for immunity and of course is a very good antioxidant which means it prevents cancer and sometimes even treats cancer. Okay. Vitamin D we get from the sun or at least it gets activated by the sun and vitamin D is not only good for bones that everybody knows about but also prevents cancer and is really good for mood and hormone health. Mm -hmm. uh, vitamin E is great for hair, skin and nails, also an antioxidant. Uh, what do we know? Vitamin E, 
Yummy. Am I done? E? K. Vitamin K. Vitamin K. Yeah. Don't know the alphabet even. Useless doctor. Vitamin K is for making sure that our blood clots correctly and also really good for getting calcium into the bones. So if we find that we're lacking something or the other, whether mm. it's, you know, strength of our eyes or, you mm. know, it's that time of the mm. season and our immune system is a bit dodgy, mm. do we immediately think, oh, okay, fine, so on my vitamin chart here, I should be taking vitamin A, or I'm short of vitamin A, mm. and I'm short of vitamin C? Mm. Um, I think it's more complex than that. Uh-huh. Yeah, the body is uh, very complex. It's a, it's a web that's just... You know, having a bad day can affect your mm-hmm. immunity. So, no, vitamins are not the answer to everything. <laughs> but I absolutely advocate taking a multivit- a good multivitamin every single day, um, knowing that it is part of your f- daily intake of food. Um, and when you are, when you know it's winter and my immune system is normally low, yes, increase the amount of vitamin C. Or if you know you're not going to get any sunlight, and most of my Muslim clients have despicable vitamin D levels because of course we don't ever get exposed to the sun. So the tiny bit of skin that does get sun is the only place where you are generating your vitamin D. So so how often then should we be sitting outside? It's not about that. You know, at the end of the day, you also have to worry about Mm -hmm. cancer. And so you wear sunscreen and sunscreen blocks vitamin D production as well. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I mean, lie on the beach as much as you like. (laughs) You're going to be covered anyway. You're going to have sunscreen on anyway. It's not going to help. You have to take an activated vitamin D supplement. And then what are the key supplements we should be taking for optimal health? So for most people, and this is really just the average Joe who doesn't have any real severe, severe diseases. Average Joe. So, so this is the average Joe. Average yeah. Khalima, yes. <laughs> yes. She needs to take a vitamin D supplement, no question. That's very important mm. and not the kind that we buy at the chemists. It needs to be from a health store because that is a fully activated vitamin mm-hmm. D, um, usually in an oil form. Then uh, a multivitamin, and again, an organically sourced uh, broad-spectrum multivitamin mm-hmm. um, and mineral. Omega-3 is so important. If we don't eat 10% of our daily fat as salmon every single day, you are not getting enough omega-3 for your functions of your body. And omega-3 makes up almost every cell in your body. Okay, I'm just going to stop you right there. No so we'll, we'll continue with that after the break. And um, you can go through that list with us because I don't think we want to miss it. And we don't want you to rush either. So do stay tuned. You are listening to Cover Mode on 91.3 FM. Stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode. We've been chatting about the color white as a representation of cleanliness, purity and color that we use to clothe ourselves. Dr. Layla, just to complete what you were talking about earlier, the key supplements we should be taking for optimal health. So we said a multivitamin, a vitamin D, 
uh, omega-3. And then lastly, I would say probiotic is fundamental for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's to protect our guts, and our guts seem to be the cause of most diseases. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And how does one reach your practice? Or um, We are in Pinelands in Forest Drive, and our practice number is 021-824-2170. And we also have a website called uh, Renaissance Health. Dr. Leila, shukran for extending your time and knowledge with us. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> Rahima and, and uh, Aisha, you know, I, I want to go back to the SMS that came through. Um, SMS from 7183. This young lady, she loves swimming. And she would like someone to tell her where she could buy a proper, full, fully covered swimming outfit. Now, I bought mine, and I bought mine in Dubai, but I do know that there are places here in South Africa, in Cape Town, that sell fully covered swimming outfits. Rahima, where did you get yours? Um, well, like I said, I kind of made mine up. Um, I didn't wow. buy one. <laughs> I, I, um, multi-talented. <laughs> <laughs> I just got all the, the uh, because I wanted a technical performance gear as well, so oh. I kind of made it fine together. Um, but I know that the Dean store does sell um, Islamic swimming suits, fully covered. Um, I have seen in Gatesville some of the traders also have um, uh, versions of uh, modest swim, swimwear. Um, and then uh, I don't know yeah. where else to I just, I just found on Facebook here, Fika Sport, F-I-E-K-A, Sport. If you look them up, I see they also sell very trendy, um, very Islamic, fully covered um, swimwear. And then I think, Aisha, you said you, you wouldn't mind making some of those, or you do. Uh, I wouldn't mind making some of them. I think th- there's a nice, the fabric called neoprene, it actually makes up a nice. Bottega Veneta actually had a beautiful collection in the neoprene that I was after. Um, just didn't get around to doing it. So maybe this would be there a good opportunity go. to start. It would be awesome. <laughs> Aisha, how does, how does one get in contact with you or where do they, they, they see your collection? Uh, at the moment, the collection is at my home at number 65 4th Avenue um, off Krumbum Road. And then my number is 072-3711-695. Um, you can just WhatsApp me or SMS or give me a call because at the moment we only do appointments. Okay, so, so do, do remember to make an appointment before you come over. Rahima, what's your next big adventure? I'm, I'm just thrilled. I'm just wondering <laughs> what, what's next in store for, for Rahima? Well, I do have something really big coming up really soon. Um, I was selected as one of 99 women from across the world to take part um, in an initiative called Tech Women, which is a five week mentorship program in the United States. Wow. So I leave for that on Saturday. (laughs) Um, And yes, we'll be spending five weeks, uh, four weeks in San Francisco and a week in Washington. And it's twofold. It's firstly a professional mentorship. So you get placed in a company um, and you work on, on a specific project related to your field. And then there's also the leadership aspect and the networking that that goes with it and training and I'm really looking forward to coming back and, and, and just plowing that back into our community when I return. So never a sure. dull moment with <laughs> you. Thank you to all our guests for sharing, caring and adding a bit of adventure to Cover Mode this afternoon. Um, with it being the Hajj period as well as the, the pilgrims moving to Mina where they'll begin their journey of Hajj on, there are many personal benefits of Hajj. 
Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all the hujjaj a faultless hajj and accept all their du'as and ibadah. Mm-hmm. May they be granted good health and strength to complete their hajj successfully, inshallah. Thank mm-hmm. you to all of you, to our guests. Thank you to our listeners, Jazakallah and Shukran, for spending the afternoon with me and my guests, Aisha Ali, Rahima Kenny, and Dr. Leila Sadin. For Cover Mode, I'm Rashan Isaacs. Assalamu alaikum. Graceful, modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam.